And our focus is how do we unlock more, genuinely unlock more in our people, unlock their potential? Because the future of Dyer Jones lies inside my people. How do I help them unlock more and fulfill their potential? And how do I get them to do the same for our customers? You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Elevate podcast producer, Cass Charlesworth, stepping in on behalf of Samantha McLean as host of today's show. Our guest on today's show is Di Jones CEO, Dean Mackey. With a reputation for innovation and service, Di Jones picked up a 2020 annual REA Excellence Award for Residential Agency of the Year. And Dean was, of course, our cover star of our magazine earlier in the year. Welcome to the show, Dean. Thank you for having me. Now, we're going to talk about the areas in a couple of minutes, but first I would love to hear about what's happening in Sydney because you've just come out of a very protracted lockdown and the Mm. mood on the ground is meant to be shifting. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, the mood is definitely different. I mean, mean, of course, first and foremost, everybody out of their homes uh, just changed everybody's headspace. It sort of felt like a bit of a party for a a week. Um, And and I I guess rightly so. People have been in their homes, haven't been with their their friends, family and all that that sort of stuff. So a lot of emotion, a lot of good stuff. But if if we sort of talk about, you know, our, our team, our team were... Some of our team are really functioning okay, and we learn a lot of a lot of really good things during the COVID period. So there's a lot of, you know, even though people sort of think that COVID maybe perhaps um, there wasn't some learnings, we had a lot of really good learnings out of out of the COVID period on both how we operate internally and how we can operate better with our customers, and and really how we can probably move ourselves a bit further along into the, the digital age a little bit. I think it forced everybody to do that, but but the mood coming out, of course, people are sort of there going, hey, you know what? Uh, here we here we go. We're sort of back. We're back to being able to do opens properly. We had a lot of tired agents. You know, if you think about it, um, we have to do all of our inspections privately, and and so for some agents, you know, running open homes on, on a property that's got high high demand. You know, some of our agents were running ninety private inspections a week on a, any one given property. So some of our agents, you know, exhausted, tired, come out the other side, just can't couldn't wait to get back out to be, be doing open homes. Uh, and and of, of course, we had a lot of vendors obviously delaying their decision to put their property on the market. And so it meant that we were at historical low levels when it came to stock and we're achieving some really, really good prices. And, and so now we've had this big surge in listings over the last you know, two to three weeks. And, and consequently, I'm actually seeing things slow down a little bit from the buyer's perspective. Buyers are sort of, you know, uh, there's, there's less applications in with finance. A lot of buyers seem a bit tired and we have a lot of stock coming on. So there's a bit of a shift of, of demand and supply at the moment. Um, and, and, and yeah, there's a real there's a real change going on. And that's sort of like, I, I've seen this cycle before, you know, when things are going really, really well and potentially vendors have held off their, their selling decision and they all hit the market at the same time. And and, and obviously there've been some um, macro prudential changes. So, you know, there's been changes to lending and lending requirements. And so all of a sudden buyers can potentially, you know, borrow five to 10% less money. And it's just sort of, I've just seen it sort of come a little, you know, everyone's really excited, but it's sort of just come to a little bit of a, a plateau, a little bit of a, you know, just evening out. It's almost like there's, a, there's, there's not a, a correction on its way, but just a softening uh, as, as the market finds its new levels. 
We're seeing that in the clearance rate as well. I noticed that the clearance rate, I think, for Sydney dropped below 80% for the first time in eight weeks, I think it was. And it's been consistently around 80% most of the year. So that's what you're understanding on the ground as well. People are just sort of slowing mm. down a little bit and looking around more for property. I think they're being a lot harder on the properties on the market because, you know, when, when there wasn't as much stock around and, and there's a massive fear of missing out, prices, you know, a, lot of, a lot of the media still got prices going up at the rate that it was and not a lot of stock on. So we had a lot of buyers, you know, those people returning from overseas, people relocating, downsizing, making lots of lifestyle changes. Really COVID drove a lot of lifestyle changes for people and, and different markets are performing very, very differently, of course. So, you know, our barrel market, geez, we just can't keep up at the moment. It doesn't really matter what's going on down there, central coast, things like that. People moving into those lifestyle areas are just really trading quite well. In the, in, in, in the Sydney market in particular, I've seen a, a bit of a, it's, it's sort of come off a little bit, so much so that if, you, if a property just doesn't, it might not have the right aspect or it might just have some, you know, might a little bit of traffic noise or whatever. Previously, buyers were maybe overlooking some of that stuff. But given the fact that there's more stock on the market, buyers are saying, well, hold on a minute. I need to make sure I sort of have a look around and see what else might be available. And they know there's a lot more stock coming on. So perhaps maybe delay their purchase decision until they find the right thing. Whereas you know, previously, it was sort of like, well, I'm going to make a decision based on what's on the market now. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of a shift in, in, in sort of psyche that's going on right now. That's actually really interesting. But I'd like to come back to you. You were talking about your team, so tired agents. Mm. As we know, it's Mm. been an up and down year all year. Um, Mm. And with those inspections where they're doing multiple private inspections, that is incredibly fatiguing. So how were you, what were you communicating Mm. to your team at that time? How are you motivating them through this? Yeah, look, I'll tell you, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, you know, Di Jones, you know, our future and our potential is all all sits and resides inside our people and, and, and keeping people motivated, focused and unlocking their best self is probably one of the biggest challenges that, that most real estate firms face, you know, when we've got agents having to quickly pivot and, and sort of manage. There's a lot of stress management that our agents have had to deal with in a different way, you know. People have got homes, they've got three kids at home, they're homeschooling and, and, and you know, potentially got their home on the market and how do you deal with that and people vaccinated, not vaccinated and all these other complicated matters and and just keep, you know, I think if you think back when, when COVID happened in Sydney, we had the first lockdown, it was like, oh guys, it'll only be for two weeks. And then it was, oh, it's going to be, and it's sort of like a drip feed, it sort of got, keep getting extended. And as it got further and further extended, people got a little bit more despondent. And so we made a really quick, we made some very, very quick decisions. We said, if this goes past two weeks, we need to snap in and move, move our communication programs, our frequency, our cadence, and the sort of stuff we did. So what we did was we moved into, into immediately, making sure that we were doing 15, 20 minutes every single morning, what we're calling our COVID conversations. And what we're trying to do is that we get our entire team, the sales, PM, it's the same thing. We get them on, on, on a COVID conversation and we interview some of our, well, our top performing agents around what they're doing, what their findings working right now, and we're, we're consistently pivoting and adjusting. And that was the first, first thing we did was frequent daily regular, regular communications. And it wasn't just about tactical stuff in the market. We also threw in stuff like mindset, resilience, um, you know, focusing on things you can control. We brought in some mindset coaches. We used a couple of different people in that regard to run specific sessions for our team. And so just improving the, the, the cadence of communication was important. Um, we also did lots of other things. We, we started to, to, to communicate with, with sort of like um, – uh, it's some fun stuff too. So we, we put on a thing called Dime with Die Jones. Uh, and, and the concept came out of the fact that there's a lot of small businesses struggling. And I knew a small business when, and, and they had a, a young, young couple, young, young child. And when, when they went through COVID last time, it really hurt them. And, and I said, well, hey, look, they were doing some sort of food, food sort of home, home delivery food packs and they're mainly doing paella. And uh, I thought, what, what a fun thing to do. I said, well, what if, what if we actually got together and we got together, we'd get fish out of the fish markets and we, we got out uh, uh, some, some, some food packs to all of our team and we actually do a cooking class. 
And, and, and you know, I, I was really surprised at how, how well it went. So I went in and we did a cooking class. And it was great. So I got to be the co-chef, you know, and, 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 and you know, we had a bit of fun with it. But, but the best part was is that when, when the hampers and, and the, the pay and the seafood and arrived to the homes, it wasn't just about, the you know our agent or our property manager or, or any of our team members it was about the whole family getting involved so we i had i had people saying hey my daughter has already got the cooking apron on it's 10 o'clock in the morning waiting for our cooking class tonight and so now doing doing things that were fun that people knew that we cared that we're actually thinking about what's going on for them we did the same thing for our suppliers we had our, anyone who's sort of helped us along the way we did another one for our suppliers and some of them came back so it was the best event they they actually participated in a long time and and so we had everybody teamed up virtually so we could have everybody talking seeing everybody's homes and it was quite wonderful to do th things like that um we also ran ran a six-week uh, personal training course so it was monday mornings up nice and early and we had a personal training company coming it was called get get moving with Di jones and we sort of had quite a big amount you know quite a large number of our team sort of chime in and out of that and again they were at home in their lounge rooms with their kids and their husbands and all sorts of stuff so we were getting everybody everybody involved. So you know, there's lots and lots of things that we did from, you know, we did a few cocktail parties, but we tried to stay away from the alcohol and all those sorts of things. I think can, you know, when people are at home, it can become a problem. And then we also offered a lot of people some individual coaching and support. So, you know, there are some people that were struggling in different ways and we just offered them different voices to be able to have a conversation that maybe they couldn't have with someone else in a very confidential way. Um, so it was about keeping the energy up and it was also about sharing results sharing results, what's happening, who's doing what, who's, what's going well, and keeping, so we, we use some, some internal sort of um, communication tools that were more social type tools just to keep frequency of communication up. And we've also activated quite a few little incentive programs, stuff that people could sort of get involved in and compete for and have some fun with and win some prizes. And, you know, there's a whole list of other stuff, but that sort of gives you a sense of it. But we were, we were our main focus was in my role, I sort of went from saying, hey, I'm not the CEO of a business, I'm the chief energy officer. And that meant behind the scenes, I needed to have our leadership team and our people constantly thinking about what's our communication rhythms? What are the, the team not right now? How are we gonna lift their spirits? What, all, all of that stuff was, was really, really important. But how do you maintain the energy as the leader? So clearly, you know, if you're imparting that much energy to your team, how do you stay motivated and energetic? I think everyone goes through ups and downs. You know, like let's let's face it, no one's ever perfect. And I and I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I'm the least perfect individual known to man. You know, and, and my if, if my guardian angel was was to say, he'd probably say I was hard hard work. But but the truth is, is that it's 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 one of those things that you you for me, if I'm clear about my vision and our base. And Di Jones, we've been working really really hard. We have a 30 year anniversary of Di Jones next year, and Di. I'm really proud of the fact to be leading this business. You know, Di was a pioneer. Di was an innovator. She was, and she was a person that cared about people in her community. And I had to have a really good look at myself a few years ago to say, well, what, what actually makes me happy? And, and I realized achievement was, wasn't it. It was more about um, doing something that I, I'm proud of and, and also leading with, 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 with passion and heart and, and consciousness. And, and so we, we've taken the opportunity over this period to really say, well, we've got Di Jones turns 30 next year. How, what should Di Jones look like going forward? And so I've put a lot of time and effort over this period around vision and values and work with our team. And, and we've, been, we've been acting and doing, and, and, and our focus is how do we unlock more, genuinely unlock more in our people, unlock their potential? Because the future of Di Jones lies inside my people. How do I help them unlock more and fulfill their potential? And how do I get them to do the same for our customers? And so, so for me, if, if I'm going to lead that out, I've got to do that for myself as well. Otherwise, I'm incongruent in my messaging. So I have to work really, really hard on some stuff that maybe I'd push down as well. So, so I took the time really to focus in on family, connection, 
Um, and, and I was and I was very fortunate. I, I got into contact with Tanja Lee, who, who's actually active in the real estate space. She's a performance coach. But I rang her and I said, look, I've got this vision and, and I really would like to lead consciousness through the business. And I want to stand for something. And I, want to, I want the Die Jones legacy to, to mean something. And, 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 and my name's on the door. I'm, I'm in servitude of the brand. So if I'm going to serve, serve servitude type leadership mentality, you know, and, and I'd like to. And so we went through this conversation. And, and then the first question she asked me was, was, well, what's your heart vision for the business? And I thought, wow, what a question. Yeah, no one's ever asked me that question before. And, and then I found myself telling her a story about the Wizard of Oz and my, being at uni when I was at uni and I did psychology and how I've always had this thing where what lights me up is actually to help people achieve more than they could possibly achieve on their own. And it sort of lends now to the Die Jones business model as well around when I'm not a franchise, we're a, we're a model that comes together and creates partnerships for combined benefit. So we started going through all of that conversation. And as we went through all of that conversation, it just, over the COVID period, it gave me stuff to focus on. It gave me stuff to be inspired by. You know, it also meant, you know, my wife and I, you know, about being more connected at home, being more connected with the children. And it was also about saying, well, what's important to us as a family, um, you know, as well. So, so it was also about not being hard on myself because during COVID, you can easily beat yourself up thinking you're not being as productive. So it was about being a bit kinder. It was about maybe learning to be different in, in my leadership role, maybe a bit more vulnerable, maybe a little bit more open. Um, and, and I took some time on purpose just to make sure each day I went for a walk. And instead of like doing my meetings on Zoom, I'd meet some of my, so I'd start doing my meetings at Centennial Park. I'd say, meet me in Centennial Park and we'll do laps. So I, I did lots of meetings and, and I actually encouraged all of my leadership team to do the same. Do your meetings, but go for walks with people. People need to be out talking, breathing fresh air. So I, so it was a bit of a good reset for me um, uh, uh, over that period to, to keep myself honest and motivated. And, and, and I can't expect anybody to buy into the vision of Die Jones and the future of Die Jones if, if, I, if I'm not being on purpose. So I started to have a lot more conversation with the business about life on purpose. I started to have a lot more conversation with the business about things that matter, not things that, that don't. And it sort of set us in a really good stead. So for 2022, it set us a whole new agenda around uh, who Die Jones is and, and will be going forward. Who will Die Jones be going forward? Would you like to let us in on, on what you <laughs> intend to do? Go on. Well, 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 it's really more of the same, but in a, with, with, a, with a, maybe a, a different uh, tonality, if that makes sense. I think Di Jones is always Di was always innovative and she was always a pioneer. And she and I think sometimes, you know, she, she's no longer with us. And and then a business goes through a cycle and a change. And 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 I sort of have thought really, really hard about how could I do the legacy of Di honor. And and we we are a business that will be will always be focusing on how do we improve, how do we get better, how do we adapt, how how, how do we do all that? That's 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 undeniable. But how are we going to do it with purpose that means something? And and like I said, I think you know, ultimately our vision at Die Jones is how do we unlock, unlock more and how do we unlock someone's purpose? And, 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 the, and the ideation of that is to say, how do we start with you first? So for me to help you do that, I need to understand what your needs are. So whether it be an agent or, or any of my team members, for me to understand their needs, uh, a bit like if we have a customer, a, a landlord or a vendor, we need to understand their needs before we can actually help them achieve their dreams. So we're, we're a business that's about helping people achieve their dreams and their goals and achieving more than they could. And so Diane Jones, in everything that we do, how we recruit, what, you know, what we do, don't do, what we say yes to, no to, uh, how we align ourselves with business, it's going to be very much driven by values. 
and it's going to be very much uh, driven driven by by vision. And, and outside of that, that, it's all tactical stuff. But we want to mean something. And so, so it's it's nice. I think that we've we've landed on a spot, a nice balance between contemporary and innovative and and moving forward, and and tech enabling our business and delivering a better experience to the customer, but doing it with heart and doing it with purpose. And so. I'm really proud to have landed on that spot and leading that out for the organization. And we've got a great leadership team that are committed to the same, the same journey. And so, so yeah, there's going to be lots of other stuff that sits below, below that, but at, at a top level, that that's sort of where, where we're radiating and, and where we're focusing. Um, I hope that answers your question. That was great. I think it's always a really interesting point who you say no to. I know that was raised in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. There is, you know, a, we always say there's an ideal client for every business, but it's the ones that you say no to occasionally that really defines where you're going. So I thought that was a really interesting point. Well, well, if you're feeding him about having an ecosystem of excellence, if you, I mean, and we do, we, we are focused on an ecosystem of excellence, right? Because real estate has come from a cottage-based industry, it's largely fragmented, and we have a very, very unique opportunity at Die Jones because we actually are a company, we're one, one business. And, and in one business, it changes the dial massively because it means we can centralize services and we can take all the inefficiencies out of the way that a lot of the duplication that happens in the industry. You, know, you have brands where they're all operating independent of each other, none of the data talks, no one can get any insights, no one can really sort of make stuff happen um, in, in, a, in a modern day way that a customer expects. And so, you know, being able to sort of get rid of rid of sort of the old the old way of thinking about it and saying, well, what does it need to look like for the next five or ten years? You know, what's on the horizon? What 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 do we what, how do we need to be able to operate? And I and I clearly realise that you have, you need to be able to access scale uh, in, in this industry going forward, in, in an, and scale that rips out a lot of inefficiencies and duplication and all that sort of stuff. And it also needs to. Uh, you know, be able to take advantage of all the, all the data insights, and and so we're we're investing very very heavily in a moment, multiple millions of dollars in in a DXP, which will really change the way in which we can engage with a consumer. We'll be able to curate experiences consumer by consumer in their digital life, and and then we'll be able to back that up with really good heart led people. You know, you know, dealing in, in, in people. So I was really happy when you sent me this T-shirt. Um, you know, peace, life. And real estate, because it's sort of perfectly where Di Jones is at the moment. So thank you for sending that. I wouldn't mind to get a few more of these if I could. Uh, it, it, it is a great T-shirt. We've all got I should be wearing mine today as well because it's it awesome. is quite the fashion statement. And I know you're a fashion connoisseur because oh, a, little bird, a little birdie told me that you designed ties and maybe pocket handkerchiefs. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, not, not quite. I mean, I mean, we, we, at Di Jones, we have a motif. And I just thought it would be pretty cool uh, about a year ago to produce some, um, some 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 pocket hankies and and ladies scarves and some ties with that motif and you know I've I've had a few jackets lined with a motif on the inside and yeah just trying to keep it fun you know I think that you know we 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 get to take things a bit too serious and so we we like our team to have it we, at, at Die Jones look I, I hardly ever wear a tie. Uh, you'll see me in the office with jeans and sneakers and a t-shirt. Like you know, in all honesty, I'm not out seeing customers. Uh, and 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 really, the, the the type of customers that we deal, they're all different, right? So, you know, I think people just got to learn more and more. What I've learned is is to, it's, it's better to be you than be be what you're not. And the people will, will get it or they don't, you know. That's a very good point. Authenticity, that real conversation with people. I'm going to come to the areas now, if that's all right, because you kicked off the year with a big bang, uh, taking out the Residential Agency of the Year. Can I ask what, this is a submission-based award, so what prompted you to make a submission and apply? Look, I think that Di Jones has a story to tell. And, you know, we're, we're, we sort of feel like even though we've had 30 years of history, 
we sort of feel like we're just sort of warming the car up and about to get it out of the garage to go again. You know, we sort of had the car rebuilt. And I, and I think we're really proud of the fact and some of the stuff that we, 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 we've been working on. And a lot of that stuff takes a lot of time to do. And so I think it's more so it was a good way for us to stop off. These awards allow us to go, well, what did we do last year? What, what, what worked, what didn't, you know, what are we proud of, what are we not, what do we need to build on? And so our team have very, very detailed business plans across our whole, our whole organization and we're really, really clear on what we want to achieve. So it's a good way for us to stop off and hold ourselves accountable. And so, you know, even, even with the submission that's due this year, we just had a look at it, you know, and, and, and I think it's, it's almost ready, but, you know, we went through and it was like, okay, cool, we, we did some pretty cool stuff, but what could we have improved on? What can we do better next year? So it's a bit of a self-accountability. And I, and I, and I also like my team to get acknowledged for the work, the good work they've done, you know, and 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 so for me, what was most pleasing about that was that all the people that made that happen, um, it was it was good acknowledgement for them as much as anything, you know, and, and also not just acknowledgement, then it also becomes encouraging for them to uh, unlock more as well. What was the reaction when you won? Did you celebrate or how did you react? We were going into Kickstarter. Uh, our Kickstarter, so we had a, a big event at ICC and we're talking about the future of Di Jones and why why we're sort of thinking the way that we are. And it was around that time. So we announced that our Kickstarter event and then we were in the ICC. We took everybody for drinks afterwards. But, you know, I, I think we wanted to be very humble with these things too. Like, you know, I, there's a lot of ways in which to promote it. I don't think we actually promoted it that heavily. I think that, you know, again, I think Dr. Jones' values is, is about, you know, making sure that we're, we're hungry and we're brave and we're courageous and we're curious and we're authentic. And, you know, we, 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 we work with mutuality, but we're not flashy and brash. You know, we, we're, we're a business that, that doesn't, you know, we, we, we see ourselves as down to earth. And, and, and a bit more and a bit more organic and a bit more, you know. And, and so I, I think while we celebrated it, we didn't stop off too much to pat ourselves on the back because our, our agenda was pretty big for what we, what we, want, to, what we want to go forward with. So, so we run our business in little 90-day sprints and we focus really hard on key deliverables and activation every 90 days. And so we don't really take too much time really to stop off and, <laughs> and, and celebrate. But, but what I do make sure is, is that when, when we do have an event or a party, it's pretty special you know we sort of make sure that the team know that we care and they know that we're, we're taking the time to celebrate them even though each each little milestone along the way perhaps um doesn't doesn't get a big party thrown you know yeah yeah for sure but it is important to mark those milestones on the way especially if you're working in 90 day sprints because you know little achievements lead to big things at the end of the year mm. how um did you form the submission was it something that was prepared in-house who put it together yeah, we do everything in house. Um, so we've got a great team. So, so our, our, our team that we're responsible for over the year, the, just now, even the one we just had, we've got a couple of little, couple of our working party get together. They just sort of pull it together. We wordsmith it, put it, put it, put it, put it in the submission, and then we just supplied a whole bunch of evidence to support what was in there and uh, and a way it wasn't too too complicated actually it was quite simple um and and, and it was just all, we, we didn't worry about the creative as much it was more about making sure the content was there uh and then the evidence was supplied and so we've got a really good in, in-house uh a team of of designers who can just sort of whip it together so yeah it was just an internally produced uh, document uh, and and pretty much the same will happen this year excellent okay so you're doing your submission at the moment yeah, yeah. In fact, I just had the draft come through today. So, uh, and I must say, when I sat there and read it, I thought, mm, this is pretty cool. You know, it's just, you, you are right. Sometimes you don't take stock of the things that you've been doing. And I think one of your questions was, you know, what, 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 what have you been doing during COVID? And I think that's actually one of the questions in there. You know, what were you doing to sort of keep, you know, the well, focusing on the wellness of your people? Because, you know, for us, uh, that, that's everything. I mean, our people, Di Jones is its, is its people, you know, and, and if, if our, if, 
and 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 the future of Dijo and sits inside those people. So, you know, when you sit back and look at what we did, and I think, well, what else could we have done? And we were constantly challenging ourselves on how can we do more for our team, you know, because as part of our values, you know, we 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 believe in in mutuality and we believe in living in sync. And what that means is is, is about caring for each other. So, um, yeah, so it was quite humbling even just to read to read the uh, the draft submission for this year. I mean, we're right back to peace, love and real estate. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right on you. Right on. <laughs> One of the results of you winning that area was, of course, you were featured on the cover of Elite Agent magazine, mm. looking stunning yeah. here. Well, um, I'll tell you what, that, that photo was quite funny because you know what? That wasn't actually meant to go anywhere. That was like a, uh, it was a moment I was getting changed and, uh, and I was sitting there and the guy who was taking the photo said, can you just sit there and I take a few shots? He goes, but they won't use these. I said, yeah, okay, cool. And sure enough, it's just sort of got, you know, <laughs> quite, you know, the, the, untie, the tie coming off, looking like I'm getting ready for work. It was quite an unusual choice, I thought. Well, I think it's interesting that you said you really wear a tie to work. And for our listeners right. who can't see the vision at the moment, I'm holding up the magazine and Dean has his tie untied and he's looking quite relaxed on the front cover. Very debonair. Um, what you. was the Thank cover you. sheet oh, like? I, I certainly, oh, I'll tell you, the cover sheet was interesting because it was the day after our Kickstarter event. Um, and uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was hosting that day. So it was one of those things I, I didn't know what to expect. I was just asked to turn up and take some photos. And, uh, and the guy there, Daniel uh, uh, Summers, Summers, I think he was, he, uh, he was incredible, actually. He, was, he, he really, I'd never really done a, a portrait photo shoot before. Um, in, in my background, I've been very, very focused on being the guy behind the scenes. I haven't really wanted to be the guy out um, with the photos in, in the public eye. And I guess in my role at the moment, that, that's, that's obviously changed. But um, yeah, it was my first... Uh, individual portrait shot. And in fact, I turned up in my jeans and sneakers with a, a Die Jones t-shirt. I said, so can I just sort of get shot like this, you know? And he goes, no, 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 they've got to, they, they're going to need you to put a tie on and a suit. I said, but I don't really wear one. In fact, the suit I've got over there has got, got, got uh, uh, the, the, the tags. I just bought it on the way here because I didn't really have a suit that fit me. So it was a brand new suit and a brand new shirt. And, and so, yeah, it was a bit of fun, but, but Daniel's a pro. He, he really, uh, he, should have, he, he said to me to make, to make certain faces that, uh, he kept on saying, mate, there's too much pain in that face, you know, because he was asking me to think about something, and, uh, but he was, he was very good at what he did. We do work with some really great photographers, actually. If people are wondering whether they should apply for an area award, what would you say? Look, um, again, I, I just think it, it comes down to, it, it, again, things take time as well. People need resources and, and all that sort of stuff. But I'd say it's worth the process just to go, go through it to understand where you're at. And it doesn't really matter, um, you, you know, if you think, that they, that you might be surprised. I think some of the stuff that people do in their businesses that they take for granted when they stop off and they, they think about it, it's a good way to take stock. It's a good way to reassess. It's a good way for your team to get acknowledgement. But, but it's, it's, I think just the process in, in any awards can sometimes seem to be one of those things that it's, it's, it's not painful, but it's an extra thing to do in the business that maybe is not dollar productive. But, but my suggestion would be it's a good way to hold yourself accountable and do a review. That's a really good point, actually. Let's talk about why you won the award, because one of the key criteria is differentiation. And how did you differentiate yourself from the competition last year? And how are you doing that going forward? Look, I don't know really what we were differentiated by in the submissions, because I didn't see anyone else's submission or what was in there. But I think that Diane Jones, you know, we took the lead on a few things and we have done the same and continue to do the same. So, you know, some of the things that we did, if, you know, if you went back and read that article, um, you know, there was stuff in there around, you know, making sure that we were getting back to our customers within, you know, four minutes of, you know, I've got to tell you, I, I've, I've made a number of inquiries of late on properties, uh, both my wife and I have, and I've got to tell you, we get no response from an agent. 
You know, sometimes you've got to call three times. You might send an email, no response. And so I think happiness for people is a function of responsiveness a lot these days. People, people want, want responsiveness. So, and we knew that our agents are getting, and because we've got access to the information and data, we we're able to sort of, um, we, we led the way out with Rita. And Rita was a, is a great AI tool that can assist, uh, assist people with data management and also customer service and really focused targeted call lists. It's a really good product. And, and I, I look at that and, and said, so, well, we, we took it, we taught it to, to do, to create very, very intelligent and on, on voice and on brand responses to every single email in under four minutes. And it was wonderful because it took a lot of work off our, off, off our agents and reader also, they went through and it updated our, our CRM and it let the agents know what it did. And it just took, took some of the work out and gave uh, our customers very focused uh, and detailed responses to what they were asking. So they loved it. But the best part is, is they're getting a response. And then, and then, and then what that does is that, that responsiveness created trust. Trust then means that when my agents make the phone call and, and that, that buyer then, then is actually act, engaging with our agents when they maybe have not had a response from another, another agent, we could have already sold a, bit, a, a property to one of those buyers because we've engaged or they've engaged and another agent hasn't called them back for a week and by then we've, we've already sold them something. It was, so it's about how do we give better service to our customer? How do we create better space for our agents? How do we mean that our, our agents can spend more time focusing on on conversations with our customers because an agent's job and an investment manager's job is really, in my view, to spend more time talking to the customer, understand their needs and help facilitate the process and listen, listen, negotiate and, and get results, not necessarily be dealing with inquiry and administration and all the stuff that's in the background. So Rita was just part of that. And it also gave us a lot of, a lot of insights. And I think that, you know, that's one example of something that we took the lead on in the industry and we worked really hard to get to that point to be in a position to take advantage of that last year. And there's a lot of other examples in, in, in that article that if people have read it of things that we did as, as part of innovation. You know, like in the first round of COVID, uh, Rob Ward and I spent time, you know, I was pacing the brand at the front of my house saying, hey, you know, this is, this is tough. But we at, that, at that particular time, no one had really mastered the idea of trying to get virtual appraisals into people's homes. And people were saying, hey, we don't want anyone in our home and so on. So, so we went, okay, we, we need to make sure that we can make it easy for, for people to be able to access information about prices. So we started producing property reports and all sorts of things that were accessed through our website. And of course, when they go through and do that, then we were generating leads and appraisals for our agents. And I think we've picked up like a 20% increase in, in appraisals in that period, um, which, which, you know, during a COVID and a lockdown period was our first experience of that. We are able to try and find solutions. So I think that all over the place, whether it be in our, in our investment management business or in a sales business, you know, we, we, were, we, were, we were pushing the boundary and we were, we were looking for ways to improve, innovate, remove duplication and serve the customer. So I think we did that. And I, and I think we also got a bit of clearer, clearer vision on who we are. We were merging some businesses together at the time. And so we we're pretty proud of that year. And, and I think that even going into this year, we've, we've taken all of those learnings and we've, we've now extended those learnings into other types of innovation. So, you know, I, I think that's the trick. I think in this industry, if you're not learning to adapt and adapt quickly and, and, and be open to unlearning and relearning, then you, you get quickly left behind. You've just raised an interesting point, which I think Josh Morrissey covered in a podcast not that long ago, where he said that, you know, there's a danger at the moment where with the speed of the market, there are agents who aren't getting back to people. And that's mm. and the, every agent can sell property in a hot market, mm. but this mm. is the time to really hone your skills. Oh, and so, Absolutely. Right now, we've got a shifting market in my view. 
Uh, and, and in a shifting market, and I've got, I've got agents in my business that I know are in danger of not being able to handle the next part of the process because they've only necessarily worked in a good market. And, and you know, when the tide's up, you know, no one really sees all the, all, all, all the, the, the shells and the seaweed and everything else. But, you know, when the tide goes back, it's all there for, for everyone to see. And I think that I, I, I know that we've got to shift really quickly. So we're, we're, our focus right now is saying we've got to go back to fundamentals, back to basics, because some of the basics that we, would, we, we know that a good agent does – some agents who know it have forgotten it, may not be shifting quick, quickly enough, and it could very well be that they end up at an auction in four weeks' time and they haven't got their vendor's property sold because the vendor has delayed selling their property. They will wait till, till the end of COVID and I'll put my property on the market. In the meantime, some, some changes have happened to lending, some steam's been taken out of the buyers, and a vendor who thinks their property's worth $3 million or thought it was three months ago, it now might only be worth 2.75. And so... So an agent has to be skilled to be able to have that conversation with the vendor to make valuable recommendations so they get the property sold for the vendor. It might not be exactly what the vendor wants, but, but you've got to be able to have the skill and tools to have that conversation. So right now, we're back to the basics of, we call it a, a motivation scorecard. If our vendor is not motivated, we've got a scoring system. If, they don't use, if, they, if they're not actually uh, scoring above a certain level, then we're likely not to take the listing on because we're worried that it won't sell and we'll end up working and everyone get, ends up unhappy. It's bad for the vendor, bad for us, and everybody ends up in a world of pain. And then, and then we're sort of moving into other stuff, which is called like we call them set the sell meetings, which is really making sure the vendor understands there's some basics in place about how do we get the pricing right up front, how do we adjust the price quickly if we don't we don't have any any offers or contracts taken, and so on and so on. So we're not actually wasting the vendor's money on marketing at up, trying to trying to chase a price that's not out there. You know, things like vendor reports and vendor recommendations daily and all those sorts of things. They're, they're basics. But a lot of agents would have been able to cut corners on some of that in a good market and in certain markets that's still happening. But it, but, but I, I, I truly believe that right now is the time for agents to be really focusing in on those things that they know, those, those, those basics that they, they have to be doing because the market is flattening out. And I think we will see, see a bit of a gap start to show between uh, sellers and, and buyers right now. Yeah, that's, that is going to be interesting. Well, let's talk about what's going to happen next year. What's ahead for Die Jones? You've mentioned that it's the 30th anniversary. Was it next year mm. for Die Jones? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it, it is super exciting. And and, and we're proud. We're, and to have a business like, like Die, uh, Die as, as, as our pioneer and our, our founder, uh, to, have, to have a brand and, and, and a business that we can be proud of is, is super good. But I think you know, for us, and it's a great foundation, but the next step is how, how do we take it to the next level? So, so for us, there'll be more innovation. I, I did mention we were investing some significant funds in what we call it. It's, it's called a digital experience platform. And I'm learning about it, by the way. I've been learning about it pretty hard for the last two years. And a digital experience platform is really a modern day way to get to the customer. So for example, um, most real estate firms in the past have sort of deferred all of their real estate inquiry for, you know, we advertise on REA and domain, which we still do, of course. But uh, and as a consequence of that, uh, and most of the traffic would go to REN domain. Uh, what, what's, and, and what doesn't happen then was much traffic going back to a real estate offices or a brand's website itself, sort of going in one direction, possibly not going in the other. The other. But given that consumers are consuming content and information about real estate in lots of different areas now, they're not necessarily always going to REN domain. They're finding it in their news feeds. They're finding it in uh, you know, their social feeds. When they click on those particular uh, products that are, that are emerging and, and, and AI can help help deliver you know, uh, properties and, and agents in, into, that, into that space by buying cookies and algorithms and AI and the, the world's changing on how we are getting, getting to our consumer through our first party data and third party data, you can get to a consumer and pretty much have a high level of accuracy to know that they're about to do something in real estate. So if, if you're ahead of the curve right now, what you're doing is you're actually using algorithms and AI 
and 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 buying cookies in the in the exact moment based upon your your information you have about the customer and third party data about the customer and you're dropping properties right in front of those people at whatever time they want to look at them in whatever channel they want to consume them. Now, when you do that, if somebody clicks on that, they no longer go back to REA, REA and domain. They actually come into your into your ecosystem. They come back into your own website. Issue is that most real estate agencies, their website is actually quite one-dimensional. It's sort of set up in a way that really doesn't curate a wonderful experience for the customer. They get there and they go, oh, so what? And the customer then thinks to themselves, well, you know, these guys don't get me. That's all too hard. And they get out and you lose the customer. So we're thinking, you know, our thinking is to go and invest fairly heavily um, in a digital experience platform that says, based on all the information we know about you, um, he's going to be your curated experience when you land there, so you can get the information that you need in the most easy, in, 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 in the simplest and most efficient way that you can. And you go, oh wow, this is cool and easy. I feel like when you shop on Iconic, it's easy. You know, you go in there and they sort of suggest all these other things, and it's all quite intuitive, and they know about you, right? Most real estate officers don't do that and, and haven't invested the money and time because they don't have the the data platform to to, to do that. Whereas at Die Jones, we've been really focused on making sure we're in control of that, and we're building that out with speed. So we'll have an MVP of that out pretty soon. Uh, and, that, and that'll underpin a whole heap of things on how, how we then focus on, on data, consumer experiences, and anticipating what our customers need, when an agent should be talking to, to a vendor, when, when, when in fact, and we know someone's looking for an investment property, we've got to understand a lot more about our customer because they leave a really strong digital footprint that we'll be able to read, decipher, interpret, and, and, and then act on and give our agents access to more leads to customers that when, when they're when they're actually wanting to talk to an agent uh, and in anticipation of their needs. So that's a really important thing for us and that'll underpin a lot of work for us in, in Die Jones. And so we've we've recruited really hard. We brought on a, on a head of MarTech and brand, um, uh, Grant Gordon. Uh, he, he's, here, he's had some wonderful experience in some big brands inside and outside of real estate. So he's leading that up. Sarah LaFaver, who's considered to be Australia's best digital content writer in real estate. We brought her on board and we've just appointed a head of sales, um, a guy who had 20 years of Foxton's experience, um, moved to, met an Australian woman and moved out here, Canadian guy, one of the best guys we've got head of sales. And so we're starting to build all this stuff out because we know that our network is growing. Uh, and you say, what's ahead for Di Jones? I mean, our, our data is telling us we should be in other places. And, and we're actually having a lot of people approach us to say, hey, we, we like what you guys are doing. We'd like to become part of Di Jones. And not being a franchise, it means that we have to enter into partnership arrangements where we, the idea is, is that if we can strip out all the duplication in their business and create centralized scale, then it should be a much more efficient and profitable business for them. And the real estate industry is struggling with profitability and margins. So that's a really important issue for, 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 for us. And so we're going to partnership. And so, so we, all, we all can do well together. And then equally, we can combine the data for combined benefit. But if, if, I was, if I was to be honest with you, all that aside, the most important thing for me with Di Jones this year is for our team as we're coming together and we're growing and we're merging with some other businesses is getting our team, you know, exactly this peace, love and, and real estate, getting everybody working together as a single unit culturally uh, um, where we respect each other, where we, we encourage our team to be brave, where we are, we ask them to be mutual and curious, you know, and, and, and importantly, be authentic. And, and so we've got a lot of work this year uh, on, on vision, values and culture. And, and, and for me, that's probably our biggest uh, and most important project for 2022, all the data and all the all the all the AI and all of the the systems and processes to support our agents, to enable our agents and enable our team to give a better experience to the customer, that's all coming. That's all. That's all. That has. That's all. Today, in today's world, if if you're not doing that stuff, then you're probably behind the eight ball. But for me, I, I, what's really important for me is to is to get alignment through our organisation in 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 the way that we think and the way that we behave. Brave, curious, and authentic. I really like that. That's a great way of looking at a brand. I'm going to wind up shortly, so I'll ask you the question that we ask all our guests at the end of the show. 
What's one last piece of advice or, or a takeaway that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Wow. Um, a bit of advice. Oh, I think be true to yourself, be kind to yourself. I think make space in your life for you. Uh, my lessons is that I haven't done that in certain times and it, and it can end up in, in, in all sorts of going in all sorts of directions and dysfunction in your life. But I think that if you can make space for you and understand what's important to you and be true to that, um, then you can't go wrong. That's great advice. Dean Mackey, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.